0: A little unusual, too. I didn't know exactly what what what, what I would uh, uh, preach tonight. And I really was like uh, seeking God's uh, guidance and direction for a long time on the message. And um, I believe this is the message uh, for tonight uh, for Hope Baptist Church. And I believe it'll be a, a blessing to us if you are listening. And allow the Holy Spirit of God to teach you something tonight, perhaps, and comfort us along the way and to use his servant up here tonight and and we'll see what the Lord does. Good singing. Thank you for the singing. Thank you. Thank you for that. that, I mean, really singing out and singing like you mean it, you know, I mean, really getting in there. I appreciate that. And um, that's special to me. Let's take our Bibles tonight and let's find Hebrews chapter 13. And I'm really trying to get to Philippians chapter four. <laughs> and, and that was my struggle. I said, man, he's he's going to expound on that and he's going to go through and and, and just really uh, give you some good teaching and preaching on uh, Philippians chapter four. But I want to get to Philippians chapter four. And I, I kind of believe it could probably it's going to be like the text and using your text is up front. So this is all kind of spun around and and uh, I'm not going to ask forgiveness for that. But I've, 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 I've talked homiletics for many years and this is probably not homiletically correct, but that's OK tonight. Uh, but Hebrews chapter 13 and then Numbers chapter 11. I want the young people to listen in. I believe God had to kind of change some things around a little bit because he want our young people tonight uh, to really get a hold of something tonight. That's the principle I'm going to lay out tonight. And uh, I believe if you young folks are really listening, uh, you can get something here that will keep you from... Uh, a lot of harm, keep you from a lot of hurt, keep you from a lot of disappointment, and position you to reach your full potential for God. So I pray that you, all you young people listening in, you juniors for Jesus, listening to their teens, especially uh, young adults, uh, I believe God has something for us. This is not um, a lesson for the older ones, or the seasoned Christians. Let's listen in also, because we can sometimes Uh, Lose it. We can sometimes let it slip. Uh, We can sometimes, uh, uh, if you would, um, not stand fast. If you look in the Bible, the the ones that was older was the ones usually got away a lot of times, like Solomon in his old age, and and different ones once they got to become older, they kind of would let some things slip. They would kind of like not. Hold it for it and just kind of get away from God a little bit, and, and it caused a lot of hurt and a lot of damage. So, for those of us that are a little bit more seasoned, congratulations, 61 years. And I'm coming up on 43 uh, years there uh, on the 5th of December, kind of looking forward to that of being married. But God is good, and He's good all the time. All the time. And uh, in Hebrews chapter 13, I I really want to, let me just, I don't want to, I'm not going to pull anything out of context here, but uh, look at verse 5. And I mean, it's a lot in Hebrews. I like to, I mean, remember them that are in bonds in verse 3 a marriage is is, is honorable and all, you know, keep the bed undefiled. But I want to pick up at verse 5. And, uh, and zoom in on something here in, in verse 5 and maybe we'll read through it a little bit. Let your conversation be without covetousness and be content with such things as ye have for he has said I will never leave thee nor forsake thee so that we may boldly say the Lord is my what? Helper. And I will not fear what man shall do unto me. He goes on to say, remember them which have the rule over you, who have spoken unto you the word of God. That would be the man of God that just left this pulpit, whose faith follow, considering the end of their conversation as that conversation again. Jesus Christ, the same yesterday and today and forever. I want to go back up in that word conversation, if you would, your, your, your lifestyle, your behavior, your conduct, um, if you would, there. And he, he, he points, that's your mode of life, our mode of life. And so he said, let your, your, your conversation, your mode of life, your manner of life, your character uh, be without covetousness. And now that covetousness brings the thought of greediness, uh, desiring what belongs to someone else. And it's so easy to desire what someone else has. And to want it more than what I have. And the writer is telling us we have to be careful about that. Um, Coveting someone else's stuff or things. You see a car and now you don't appreciate the car you have because you want the car someone else has. Or the house someone else has. Or the parents, someone else. I wish that was my father. I wish that was my mother. And we find ourselves disappreciating what we have. And so the writer lays it out for us. He said, This is what I want you to do. I want you to be, what's the word? Content. Content. Or if you would, the word is sufficient to to have enough. In other words, let your parents be enough. Let your gift that God has given you and me, let it be enough. Let's not go desiring someone else's spiritual gift. Want what we have. And, and as I travel around, as I get around and, and, and been around a little, I see often in churches you find someone don't want the pastor they have, don't want the deacons they have, don't want the choir they have, the songs, the songbook they have. There's a lot of things they don't want anymore just for the sake of change. And, and we got to be careful about that. So he says, be content with Such things as ye have. There's a colon there. So he's going to give an explanation in English. We don't have to go to our Greek or anything like that. He's going to expound, explain a little bit more on what he just said. This is why I can be okay with what I have. This is why I should not be desiring what you have says this for or because he God has said I will never leave thee nor forsake thee God is saying I got you I got this I got it don't worry don't fret I got it And I have you. So I want to ask you tonight do you want what you have? Do you want God's Word? And I tell you, man, we got some Word this morning. I love the Word. Do you want God's Word? Do you want God's church? Do you want the body of Christ? Do you want your pastor? This is important. God's shepherd. Do you want God's best for you? Do you want God's will? Do you want to be in the center of God's will? Or even God's permissive will? Do you want to have anything to do with the will of God? That's what I'm asking. Do you want God's direction in life? I titled the message tonight if there's titles and you want titles. Warning what you have. Warning what you have. Let's pray. Father, thank you so much that Jesus Christ won it to come here wanted to empty himself out thank you father that you wanted us so much that you gave your only begotten son you gave him up for us all thank you so much that you allow us to have and father I pray that you would speak to someone tonight Someone that just doesn't appreciate who and what he or she might have. A crowd this big, Father, there could be someone here that just doesn't even acknowledge what they have is from you. And I pray you minister to us in a very special way. Help us now, I ask and ask this in Jesus name. Amen. This word content here, it brings the idea of rising up, just raising up a, a, a barriers around something that you want. I mean, you want it so much that you're willing to raise up some barriers around it. And why? To ward off. Because you want it that much. That's like raising up some barriers around this pulpit because you want the word of God to come from here. You don't want no playing around and fooling around. You want the word of God preached from this place. So you have some barriers set up to ward off. And sometimes we have to set those up in our mind. Sometimes we have to set those up on those websites and on our computer devices and we have some, some barriers to ward off what's not good for us. And so, I mean, I want it so much. I want a sound mind. I, I want some holiness. I, I want to be pure. I want, to, I want my purity. And I want the purity so much. I want to, when I wear the white dress, I really want it to mean something. And so I'm going to set up some barriers around me to ward off. Because I want what I have. Are you listening? We alright? Alright, I feel some preaching coming on. Eh? why. Well, time I get over there, I just feel I got to be careful right there. That's, but, here, Contentment is by 1828 dictionary has a, a very good has a, a very good uh, definition in there and I like it. It's very biblical. It says this. Contentment is the satisfaction. Which holds the mind in peace. Think on that for a moment. Holds the mind in peace. Contentment is a satisfaction. That holds the mind in peace under the present condition. Circumstance. Situation, you know, like the Apostle Paul with the thorns. With that thorn, he was able under that that condition in prison and writing. I mean, just, just you know, you just whatever it is. There's a satisfaction that holds the mind together. if you would, under the present condition. I want you to get it. I'm taking my time because I think this definition is really good. Restraining. Now, here's what that satisfaction that holds the mind together under those circumstances or situations. Here's what it allows me to do. It, it, it It restrains complaint. You're not complaining. Not complaining about it. And let me just show you a couple pictures here, and then I want to get to Philippians um, chapter four. And of course, you know where I'm going, but that's okay. Just allow the Holy Spirit to kind of teach us along the way. Chapter eleven. Okay, you got you got God bringing them out of Egypt. uh, Egypt, if you would, you could say a type of, uh, of the world, known world. You can say Pharaoh, a type of the devil. You can you can you can call that church in the wilderness. You can uh, you know a calling out, a simile, if you would, and out of the world, and and God was bringing them out. If you study your Bible, to go to a place to serve Him, and He gave them some spoil, gold and silver, and and, and everything from the world. And he wanted them to use the world's stuff, gold and silver and silks and satin, to build something for him. Not to use it to build a golden calf, more like the tabernacle. And the things in there and the, the holy things and the spiritual. And that's like God giving us things out in the world and our businesses and our jobs and our corporations, our affiliations and influence for the church. Thank you, brother, for using it, for the church. And so here you have Egypt. I mean, you have the, the Hebrews here. You have the Jews here in chapter 11. At a point, now he did some complaining. If you look at verse one and two, I want to go down to verse four. He was complaining, but in verse four something happened, and I want to see verse four and five, and then we'll move on from there. Numbers chapter eleven. Sorry about that. If I gave you something else, this is fresh. This afternoon, fresh short this afternoon, fresh. <laughs> yeah. And um, so Numbers 11, verse, verse 4. And you see up in 1 and 2, you see, you see the complaining in verse 1. You see that? Displeased with the Lord. Now, now look, now verse 4. And the mixed multitude that was among them fell a lusting. Now lusting is covet. They was coveting. I mean, they want something. Probably forbidden. In most cases, when you're dealing with lusting. And the children of Israel also wept again. So this is a pattern of complaining, a pattern of murmuring, a pattern of being displeased. And I like to watch patterns in people's lives, especially with counseling. I, I look for patterns in twins. Uh, just some things there that kind of show them up. This is a pattern for them. And they wept again and said, who should give us flesh to eat? But well, God has given them something to eat. We remember, watch it now, the fish which we did eat in Egypt. How did we eat it? Freely? Really? Might be a little deception there, brother. I don't know, but... Uh, the cucumbers and the melons and the leeks and the onions and the garlic. Watch it now. But now our soul, that's the mind, will, and emotion, our souls is dried away. Meaning disappointed and angry. They are. There is nothing at all besides this manner before our eyes. And this is when we get, well look, we gotta go to church again. I mean, another event, (laughs) another outreach, another activity. We got to practice again. Let's go through this. I mean, again, I mean, come on. Is this all we do? I mean, we got to go read our Bibles again. We got to pray again. Be careful. Be careful. Is this all we got? Church? I mean, isn't it more? We remember. We remember how it used to be. Let me remind us how it used to be wasn't good. Not only that, it wasn't godly. Be better to forget some of that stuff. Instead of sitting around talking about it and bragging about it or whatever, it wasn't good, it wasn't godly, it wasn't holy, it was nothing about it that God... That's why God brought us to where we are. And so that's what I see here. I see here a a group of people, if you would, they did not cherish what God had chosen for them. That man... And the manner was also to prove them, to humble them and test them so God could really do more and bring more and bring them into a land of milk and honey. Amen. You see what I'm saying? So uh, God, God has you, something's in your life right now. And there's a situation, there's a circumstance, maybe a thorn, I don't know, but whatever it is, God is using it. He wants it there. He wants you to want it. So he can get you to that next level. So he can bring you the way he wants you to really be. To reach your full potential. To have the character it takes to go through what's next. In life. Moving on. Up, let's go to Samuel. First uh, Samuel eight. And we we'll get over in the Philippians and, and we'll move. We'll, I pick up my speed here. But I want you to see they didn't want it. They didn't want what God wanted for them. Do you want what you have? Do you want that ministry that you work in? Do you want to work in the sound booth? Do you want to work? Do you want to? I was I was in the restroom with somebody I met in the restroom and they was about to do something. I said, let me do that for you. I I do that. I don't see him. I don't know. But. It was uh, do you but do you want what you what you have? I, you know what? I wanted to tighten up the men's bathroom back there. Who wanted to do that? You know, and, and it came from something. And we'll get to we'll get the first Samuel. A pause right there for a minute. From doing what you can. I might not be able to do what everybody else can do. I might, be, might not be able to sing First Soprano. I might not be able to preach. I might not be able to do some things but do what you can. I can wipe down the countertop. Pick up some stuff off the floor and throw it in the trash. Everybody should be serving in this church doing something. It's something everyone here can do because God has given it to you. Here in First Samuel Chapter 8. Look at verse 4. Now, Samuel boys was bad. They went bad. But they wasn't as bad as having a king. They they took bribes. I mean they was, you know, they was bad. They was after the lucres, filthy lucrus, because they was after the money. But they would not treat Israel as bad as the king. The king would take their daughters. The king would take their sons. The king would take their seed. The king would take a certain percentage of their land. The king To have a king would take more. It means the grass not greener on the other side. Once you get over on the other side, you might find out it's fake grass. <laughs> Just saying. Just saying. But look at verse four. Then all the elders of Israel gathered themselves together and came to Samuel unto Ramah. And and, and, and they they come in and they got their complaint. And Samuel's an old man now and and his heart is tender, verse 7. And the Lord said unto Samuel, they have not rejected thee, but they have rejected who? Me. That I should not reign over them. They wanted a king. And you know what? They wanted to be like all the other nations. And verse, uh, verse, uh, verse nine. God sent Samuel to protest, and the protest was like, "Look, if you get a king, he's going to take your daughters, going to take your son, your men savings, your maid servants, your men servants, the goodless men, young people. He's going to take them." But verse nineteen. Nevertheless, the people refused to obey the voice of Samuel. And they said, nay, but we will have a king over us. That we also may be like all the nations. And that our king may judge us and go out before us and fight our battles. They needed God. God was their king. God was taking them out and bringing them in, but now they don't want God. They want what the world has. They don't want their purity. They don't want to dress a certain way. They don't want to look a certain way and act a certain way. They don't want to be holy anymore. They want what the world has. Are you listening? But what they didn't understand, I mean, it's amazing how Samuel laid it out for them. This is what you're going to get. And boy, did they get it. Didn't they get it with Saul? They got it bad. He ended up falling on his own sword. But the thing is this. They did not want, if you would, what God had for them. They was not content with God. They was not content with God being in charge. They, you know, they just didn't want, you know, David Gibbs, Dr. David Gibbs made a statement once, the Christian Law Association, the founder and president of that. And he said this contentment is not getting what you want. But wanting what you have. Now, many of us will go through a lot, wear ourselves out, almost kill ourselves to get what we want. We talked about some of that. But do you want what you have? How far are you willing to go to keep what you have? The contentment is to build up those barriers around what you have to ward off. Are you Are you listening? I know you're willing to do whatever you can to get what you have, but to get to get what you want. But are you willing to do whatever you can to keep what you have? Because what you have is important. So let's get over in Philippians four. Now you said, Brother Cheney, maybe that's your opinion, and I see that right there, but you know, where else in the Bible? Joseph brothers. Joseph's brothers did not want him. But in the end, who saved them? Esau did not want his birthright. And when you don't want what you have, you don't treat it right. You neglect. You abuse. Are you listening? It's not that important anymore. You lose it. You let people take it. It's so important to want what we have. Because when we want what we have, we're going to raise up those barriers around it. Because we want it. And that's the ward off. Are you listening? The prodigal son didn't want what he had. He had it. He had the good slippers, the rings, the robes, the cat, he had it all. But he didn't want it. Everybody in the Bible that did not want what they have, they got what they did not want or could not handle in the end. So this is no theory of Brother Cheney. Listen, King Saul did not want David. You go to Israel, you're going to see the star David everywhere. He had the best staff member he could ever have. He had the best assistant anybody could have. He didn't want him. Are you listening? When you don't want what you have, you become insecure with what you have. I pause because I want you to think. You become insecure. Remember now, it holds the mind. What? In peace. You start to worry and fret, anxiety. There's, people have so much anxiety, and I understand panic attacks very well. I understand. I could write books on panic attacks and depression. As a teenager, dealing with depression and panic attacks. Now, the thing I'm saying, though, but when we want what we have, it lessens it. Because you know what it does? Holds it together. It holds it together. So what do we need? We need some parents in here to want the children they have. We need some children, we need some children here to want your parent. To want your parent. We need some church members to want the other members. When you're willing to work together and, and no, it's not even volunteers. This is not about we need people to volunteer to help with serving, volunteer with breakfast, volunteer with this. No, no, no. We, we, we. you know, we need each other. We want each other. We want to work together. We. This is all about God. I want what I have and I'm building up anything that would get in my head to push me away from what God has called me to do. And look, you have to want the church. You can't just be sitting in here and disappreciate it. Now I have a good spirit. But this is, I see it so much. And you know, as I spend time with Pastor Fisher, what we did, we work with staffs and train staffs and going around the churches. And so many people just don't want what they have. You have a wonderful choir. Now listen, I'm not saying settle for less. Don't strive for best. I'm not saying be lazy. I'm not saying don't have more. Don't get more. But I'm saying want what you have. Everybody understand? All right. Okay. So here uh, uh, in Philippians, look at Philippians. And that's why verse six and seven is so important, too. It falls into the context of that contentment. It's all together. Peace, peace of mind is all understanding. It's all together in this thing. And uh, pastor's going to really break this thing down and show you some stuff. But I just want you to see how this works. And this is this is big for missions and faith promise. And this all ties into everything. This is a really heavy chapter. But let's pick up at verse 11. Verse 10. Verse 10. Let me get over there. Verse 10. This is fresh, so I'm kind of <laughs> fumbling around. Okay, verse 10. But I rejoice. See, when your mind is kept together, you can rejoice. Something about that now. Because watch me now. Watch me. When I have the love of God working in me, watch it. Um, I'm like... I have the love of God that's coming out. Then I have the joy of God in coming out. I can experience joy. Then I have I exhibit peace. You can look at somebody and tell if they have peace or not. So when I express love, his love, not my love, his love, I experience his joy, not the world's joy, not his joy, then I can exhibit his peace. Are you with me? So that wanting what I have, that love, that wanting what I have allowed me to have the joy and the peace. It works together. That's why you can rejoice. Everybody okay with that? Because let me say something now. When I have that love, that that sacrificial love, that unconditional love, that agape love, then I have a, 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 if you would, I have something in me that wants you to benefit. This is for you. This is for your benefit. And there's no thought of return. Watch it. I, there's no thought of return. Since there's no thought of return, you cannot frustrate me. Since there's no thought of return, I can't get irritated. Since there's no thought of return, I have accepted. You follow? There's nothing to get me frustrated. There's nothing to upset me. I can have joy. But if I have an expectation of something, you scratch my back, I scratch your back, then you might not be scratching my back. I'm not in the right spot. <laughs> and I'm, you know, I'm not good with that. <laughs> OK. And so it works together. that's my point that holds that mind together to peace. But before the peace, there's some joy and there's some love. But right here, it says this in verse 10. But I rejoice in the Lord greatly. So you have greatly when you have contentment that now at the last your care of me has flourished again, wherein ye were also careful, but ye lack opportunity. Not that I speak in respect of one, like I'm lacking anything. For I have learned, and here's what needs to happen tonight. We need to start the learning process of contentment. In whatsoever state I am, there with, to be, there's our word, content. I know both how to be a base and how to, uh, to abound. Have plenty. Everywhere and in all things, that covers it all. It takes us back to verse 6. That covers it all right there. In everything. By prayer, supplication, with thanksgiving. That covers everything. Everywhere, anywhere, in all things, I am instructed. Well, who's instructing them? Both to be full and to be hungry, both to abound. It means to have plenty. And to suffer need. Now, verse 13 comes into context. I know we use it for everything. I can do all things because I'm content. Through Christ, which strengthens me. Without the contentment. You don't want to do nothing. If I'm not content to, with my church because it's not what I want, then I'm you know I'm you know I'm not trying to do anything. Not through Christ, or not through myself. And so it's some things here that Apostle Paul is saying, and I believe right here the Apostle Paul learned to be sufficient. In Christ's sufficiency. Sufficient in Christ's sufficiency. And look at these things. I I want you to jot these down. I want you to jot these four things down. Unless you just got a good memory and and can memorize. About Paul here. First thing is this we have to do. Paul did it. Is to acknowledge That what we have, it came from God. That's the first problem. I got me that job. I got me that spouse. I got me those children. I got me that position. You listening? It came from God. It came from God. And I need to acknowledge that God gave me these parents. God wanted me to have these parents, this church, these members. He placed us in the Romans, I mean, 1 uh, 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 Corinthians 12. He placed the members in there where He wanted them. It's God. I didn't get me this spouse. I didn't get me this family. I didn't get me this job. I didn't get me this business. I didn't get me anything. I know it's not problem English, but I didn't do it. It wasn't me. It was who? God. That's praise, giving God credit. That's not this. That's the first thing. God gave me this word. God gave me this pastor. God gave me this spouse. If it came from God, we need to acknowledge it came from God. Okay? It's number one. God made me a prayer warrior. I didn't make myself that. If you self-made prayer warrior, you're not really a prayer warrior. You think you are. It has to be from God. God gave them the manner. God brought them out. God gave them the gold. God gave them the silver, yes. God had gave Lucifer everything he had. He got full of himself. Saul, when he was little in his own sight, King Saul. Amen? And he got full of himself. Nebuchadnezzar, look what I built, my kingdom. See, once we get full of ourselves, once we think more highly of ourselves than we ought to, then we think we should have more of something. Or we should get what we want or have what we want. Instead of wanting what we have. Wanting what we have acknowledging it Uh, I remember a house that my wife and I had gotten and I wanted a a rancher in San Diego if you can own a house man you're good I mean 100 square feet they're asking (laughs) 500,000 two bedroom and a half bath no and a bath (laughs) and you know stupid me we got the house a good house good deal and I wanted, you know, I wanted what I wanted. And so, you know, this house is on a stepping stone for me to get what I want. I'm not even crediting God for the house. I did it first, you know what I mean? We recognized it was God, we didn't do it. But it didn't take long for me to get full of myself. And I take out, you know, the house appreciated doubled in a year. 358 is worth 600 and something the next year. You listen somebody understand math, right? (laughs) God's doing a good job. So I got in there and start mixing. I lost it. Long story short. I lost it. You know why? I didn't want what I had. I lost it. Preachers and, and, and we're we, 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 we right there. We're closing. I remember when I was uh, I got our dame I took a I had a church in I was in North Carolina, Elizabeth City, North Carolina. And uh, <clears throat> I had this little prayer room and man, I go in there and God would just be giving me messages. I'm in there to pray. Got missionaries all over the wall, prayer list here, three hundred, prayer list here, four hundred, and just praying, praying for you know your brother-in-law was on that list way back then, and his dad and different ones, just hoping, just praying, and 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 God would give me messages I wasn't even looking for. I had a lot of them. Then I read, I got into this this certain guy, I'm not gonna call no names, and I started reading the book. I started, and you know what I did? I threw them all away. Yeah, I'm ashamed. I threw them all away. I didn't want them. I wanted what that guy was teaching. Are you listening? Preachers Threw them away before I ever preached them. About 75. And I went back in the prayer room to pray. It was quiet no power. No present awareness. Like, what's going on in here? I didn't realize it was I threw away what God had gave me. And so I kind of made it through the day, preacher. The next day, I'm, you know, maybe just I go back in there, nothing. I don't hear anything from God. Are you listening? And God brought it upon me that, you know what, I gave you something good and you threw it away. And man, I went to the dump looking for them. I never found them. I went looking for those bad boys. I never found them. You know what? I did not want what I had and I lost it. I lost it all. I couldn't even remember. I have a very good memory. I used to could take exams and memorize 90%, read a manual and memorize 90% of a manual. So I take a state exam and I'll always be number one, number two. So I moved up so fast in the Coast Guard, that memory. I couldn't remember one thing about any one of the messages. I threw it away. Now I'm gonna ask you, do you want what you have? First of all, I should acknowledge that the house was from God. That those messages was from God. It wasn't something I stirred up. It was God. And what you have is very well be from God. Look at the second thing. First, acknowledge. And see, verse 10 kind of let us know he acknowledged that they were doing what they was doing and it was coming. You know, God was blessing them. In verse 19, we know also, but my God shall supply how much? Oh, <laughs> need. So we know it comes from God. He acknowledged that. Apostle Paul is trying to get them to look. You need to know this. You need to be content. And you're going to have to acknowledge that what you have, it came from God. What you've given me is from God. Through you, but from God. And the second thing here, Apostle Paul learned is he accepted whatever God had for him. Many of you don't studied the Apostle Paul. You know what? He accepted it. King Saul didn't accept David. Joseph's brother didn't accept him. Esau didn't accept. I'm not talking about receive something, because you can receive a phone call, but not really accept. You can receive somebody in your house and not really accept them. There's a difference. Sort of. You, know, you can look at that phone and say, oh, that's Pastor Chank." Oh, Brother Chris Chang. No. Yeah, yeah. Let that go. I'm well, Brother Chaney again. Uh. <laughs> and sometimes God is bringing it and you know, we nah, no, nah, we have to accept what God gives us. They didn't accept the manner. <laughs> this Pharisees and scribes, they didn't accept Jesus. Many people didn't accept Jesus. They didn't acknowledge. They didn't accept. Paul acknowledged it's from God. These little ones from God, my parents from God, and accept them. Accept them. And look at the third thing. This is simple. That's verse 11 and 12, really, the acceptance. Not that I speak in respect of one, for I have learned in whatsoever state I am therewith to be content to accept it. I know both how to be a base and how I know how to abound everywhere and in all things. I'm instructed both to be full, and to be hungry, both to abound and to suffer. Paul accepted. Accept the spiritual gift God's given you. Accept the position you're in. Don't want somebody else's position. Accept what you have. Not like me. Not accepting that house. Not accepting those messages. And there's other things. But I don't want to sit here and tell you all my stuff. But hopefully God will bring something up on you. Look at this. Uh, this third thing here, and then it's one more after that. This is the third one. I know it's been a long day. Paul allowed, and this is important Paul allowed God, he allowed God to control whatever God <laughs> would give him. I was controlling the house. You understand what I'm saying? I'm gonna control this situation, I'm gonna control this circumstance. I'm going to control the ministry that God has put me to oversee. I'm going to control how... No, Paul allowed God to control. It's by the grace of God I am who I, what I am. Or, you know, it's just grace. It's God, divine influence on my heart working through me. It's not me. I can't take credit. God is controlling my family. Man, we need men. Husbands, fathers. We need men that not mandate you say, well, but not mandate, but have real influence. We need men that don't have to say, bless God, this is what we're doing this way. Honey, we're doing this. We're going this way. That's it. I'm in charge. I'm, I'm the head. We, we, we don't need that. We need somebody that's going to go in there and get on their face, get it from God, and come back and say, honey, I believe God is leading us to do this. This is the direction of Children, this is this is direction. I, this is direction. God is. I prayed about it. I fast a little bit. I got this scripture right here. Here's the verse God gave me. Understand. And, and, and this is what I believe God would have us to do. That's different. And they, you know what? Then people will. That's you. Voluntarily line up behind you to follow you. Now you have influence. You're not just in charge. Everybody's all right? And when I want what I have, it's because I acknowledge it's from God. I accept it from God. And I allow God to control it. You got it? I know it's simple. <laughs> but let's practice it. And here's, Well, let's see a verse on that. Well, verse 13, really. He's doing it all through who? It's not going to get done through Christ, not doing it. Now I'm going to say something because, you know, these little ones right here, let let me just say this. See, military, you know, I was always a senior enlisted, command enlisted advisor. And the E-8, E-7, everybody had to follow, you know, as I brought it down from the, 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 the full bird. I found out that rules without relationships lead to rebellion. Rules without relationship lead to rebellion. Dad make some time dad if from God make them important this is the next one. Paul appreciated he, to appreciate something you value you put a value Paul you said levels of value Paul appreciated what God had gave him and this is relationship stuff this is not just, you know what, I, I put up a bunch of rules, and as long as everybody followed the rules, everything was okay. You don't see me, I'm not around, but when somebody break the rule, there he is. Oh, here comes. We don't need that. Is that. you tonight, maybe God wants you to not want that. And go back to that gentle, kind, kindness you mentioned, the gentleness mentioned. Acknowledge that it's from God. Accept what God gives you. Allow God to control it and appreciate it. Appreciate it. And when we do that, we'll build up those barriers around it. Why? To ward off. We have one here to ward off. We have a barrier here to ward off. We have a barrier here to ward off. Why? Because I know it's from God. Why? You know, I drop on down there, I'm appreciating it on the bottom. And I'm allowing God to control it. I'm not allowing somebody coming in trying to tell me if they're psycho. I don't care who's psych or whoever they are. They're not, they not coming in there and controlling that. God control that. I'm not controlling it. I have to put a barrier around myself. And cast down and pull down those thoughts. Why? Wow. So God can control. And so, thank you church. This is not, you know, this is, you know, this is going to help somebody. Okay? And I, I really like to give a text and break it down and expound on it and expository. But somehow, the topic tonight is contentment. Learning to be content. Wanting what you have every head bowed, every eye closed. I'm, uh, maybe there's a pianist or something, a song, but I'm going to open up the altar now and say, if God spoke to your heart about something, the devil don't want you to want what you have. If God spoke to you about something, you need to take care of that. You need to, you need to come to an old-fashioned altar. And because it's going to be hard. Because as Pastor was saying this morning, the devil's gonna try to knock you off that stand. He's gonna try to make that tree that Eve was looking at. God says it's not good to eat from, but he's gonna try to make you think it's good to eat from. And you're gonna have to keep yourself low and not get full of yourself. You have to be little in your own sight for this to work. And there's some young people you need to say, look, tonight. I'm going to make a commitment. I want, I want my purity. And I'm willing to go to an altar and make a commitment to God about it because I want it that much. Won't everyone stand at the feet that's not at the altar make it easy for someone to slide out if they want to. And I'm saying tonight, do you want your children? Do you want your spouse? Do you really want that position in church? want the circumstance and situation that God is allowing you to have. We don't understand why. We don't get to know all the details. All we need to do is acknowledge that it's from God. And God Holy Spirit will, he will, he will impress upon our heart that very fact. And after that we need to accept it. Oh God. If you had an altar, if you're on your knees say oh God help me. I can't do this it's got to be through Christ oh I need your grace in this oh God you know what I'm up against you know the circumstances you know the situation you know the person oh God give me something you to give me something so I can want him so I can want her so I can want it the very thing you've given me are the person. I want to appreciate it. I want to allow you to control it. Uh, take our time tonight. Make sure we want our inheritance. Make sure we want our awards that God has for us. So we can just lay them at his feet. Make sure we want what we have.